and welcome to Bears Beyond the Gate, a Bristol Bears podcast made by fans for fans. We're full season ticket holders at Ashton Gate who love the club, the game and all things Bears. In this week's show, we preview the away game against arch rivals Bath. After dismantling them 48-3 at the gate in January, what can we expect this time round at the wreck? We also discuss the news that 3,000 fans will be let in for the following week's game against Gloucester. This will be the first time Bristol fans will have seen our team live since March 2020 at Ashton Gate. All this and more on this week's show. I'm Tony and I'm joined by Miles and Pete for a cheeky beer and some rugby banter. Gentlemen, as ever, a pleasure to see you. Um, we are one down tonight, uh, Lee unable to make it, but that is because he's been lifting and shifting and moving into his new place today. So uh, he's given his apologies, um, but there we are. The the, the Lee Lair is uh, now operational. Uh, let, let me come to you, Miles, first of all. Um, uh, obviously, this weekend, uh, lots of sporting teams have uh, taken part in the boycott on social media. Bears Beyond the Gate on our, our Twitter post as well. We we haven't posted anything. And this podcast, uh, you know, we won't promote it until uh, the boycott's over on Tuesday. Uh, and I notice you, you've also taken part in a social media boycott um but this seems to have been going on for years <laughs> touche 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 well i think also last weekend after that uh, i think i put a tweet out for the first time in about a year and i think pete nearly fell off his chair if i think it was a tweet about me it was my oh, yeah, exactly. and, and and i think my comment was miles that that was rarer than seeing a black rhino in the wild well, there you go. Absolutely. So, yeah, uh, I, I agree. A boycott from social media for me this weekend, along with all the other sports clubs. And, and I think it's a sort of great, great cause, really. I mean, I've had a quiet weekend thus far. Work tomorrow, sadly, but uh, looking forward to chatting and uh, having some bants about the rugby. Yeah. And Pete, how's your uh, bank holiday weekend going so far? Well, I mean, I'm, firstly, I did check my um, Twitter account and, and my friend request to Miles is still pending. <laughs> <laughs> so I don't know what I've done to uh, annoy him. And uh, anyway, uh, yeah, weekend good. Busy, actually, Tony. I um, Girls have joined local cricket club. So I've been helping out at Nets this morning at uh, up at Fayland at Bristol Cricket Club uh, under under nines. <laughs> So it's not test match level, but, you know, I tried to teach Yasmin how to do a googly, but she, she had no idea what I was talking about. But, yeah, it's been, been good. And, and obviously, as I as I revealed last week, um, you know, because inspired by some of our listeners, i uh, got a hot tub. So I'm looking forward to having a quick dip before <laughs> Line of Duty tonight. That's it, the big finale of Line of Duty. Yeah. Well, do you know what I've been doing for, for most of the weekend? Because I, 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 I made a, a rash promise uh, a couple of weeks ago. I, I said to my daughter that we'd, uh, I'd, uh, she wanted to do a Harry Potter marathon where you watched all the films. Ooh. So I, I said yes to this without really checking out how long these films were. <laughs> Uh, and and uh, I, I now know uh, with two two more to watch tomorrow, uh, but to watch the whole series back to back is nineteen hours Ooh. and thirty one minutes. <laughs> I spent virtually all of Saturday watching Harry Potter films from breakfast to bedtime. So uh, yeah, if if I'm ever going to go on Mastermind, that that would be my specialist subject yeah. at the moment, along with Bristol Bears, of course. Sorry, Miles, you wanted to say uh, something. Yeah, I did wonder why you were looking a bit pale this weekend TC when the sun's been out there yeah. we are well, he's, he's seen Voldemort that many times. He's almost <laughs> on his deathbed, isn't he? Yeah, too, too, too much beer for me this weekend. I, I can tell you. Well, uh, well. Right. Well, let's 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 move on and talk about some rugby. Um, no game this weekend for us to report on, but we have got the one that we all so enjoy uh, when it comes to the fixtures. The uh, the game against the arch rivals down the A4 Bath. Uh, it's Bath versus Bristol this Saturday, eighth of May, and it's a four thirty p.m. 
kickoff. Um, obviously, we did tear them apart uh, in January at Ashton Gate, winning 48 points to three. So, uh, you know, it's going to be fantastic. Uh, it's it's going to be incredible to see how we get on against them at their place. But before we talk a little bit more about uh, the game, uh, Pete's Premiership preview has been in full flow uh, with, with two special guests. We've got uh, Matt from the Bath Bites Twitter account, uh, and also Tom, uh, one of the contributors to the Bath Rugby Plug. So uh, let's hear their chat with Pete. Okay, so I'm joined again uh, by representatives from uh, the Bath Rugby Plug podcast. Uh, but this time we got Tom. He didn't join us last time, so it's nice to see you, Tom. Thanks for thanks for coming in. Um, but also we've got um, Matt Price who tweets as Bath Bites, um, and as uh, our big fan Jeff Twenty would say, both big Bath fans. So uh, going to start with you, Matt. It's it's nice for you to come on. I really appreciate it. Um, Thank so. You. It's been quite a while since, uh, I guess, that difficult night at the gate when, uh, you know, earlier on in the season. But, you know, joking aside, you're, you you clearly have improved quite a lot since then. And I'm kind of interested to know what you think that's down to. You know, what have you changed your game plan? Have certain players stepped up or, or whatever? What do you think? I think there's a, there's, it comes down to a lot of that some of the players have stepped up, um, you know, seem to actually really want to do it. I mean, there's still quite a few issues um injuries and, and things like that but it seems that they are playing much more as a unit um which is nice to see um it's still a strange setup because we've got a very dominant pack um lots of razzle dazzle in the back row in the back line but it just doesn't seem to the two don't seem to marry there seems to be quite a big issue between the forwards and the backs, they don't seem to work. I mean, if you look across the back line, the names are ridiculous. But from it seemed that the game plan a lot was to kick and try and get territory. Um, obviously, Priestland's been injured. So at the moment, they're using Orlando Bailey, which they seem to be sort of shielding a little bit. Um, in fact, actually, Hooper did say yesterday that he has been, has been protecting him. Um, but... They just so the forwards when they move, they really do. You know, it's, you, you saw it at the weekend against Wasps. They absolutely ploughed through when they actually clicked. They, it was really, really powerful. So I don't know whether it is a factor that they're just doing what they. It comes naturally to them. I'm I'm not entirely sure, but with they've managed to grind out games um, or steal games at the at the end, which a few seasons ago. When it came into the last 10 minutes, there was always a huge capitulation about, you know, they just lost games that they realistically should have won. Um, but now it's gone the other way. I mean, Tom, it's interesting that Matt says about the players. I mean, it has been, I have read somewhere that you, your coaching setup is a bit odd. You don't have specific roles and you've got Neil Hatley, haven't you, sort of as the coach, and then you've got Hooper. I mean, do you think it is... Uh, an issue of coaching or is an issue of deploying the right people? I mean, what, what's your thoughts on it? Hi, Pete. Yeah, good to good to be on the, the podcast. Um, yeah, I think um, Matt's, Matt's right there. And you make a good point about, about coaching, actually, because one of the things we've we've identified in our coaching staff, I think is different to a lot of clubs, is that we actually don't have a dedicated defence coach. Um, and you, you might chuckle, uh, that's probably one of the reasons for the 48 points Back in back in January, but I think they've started to kind of move to get a bit more clarity there. The other thing I would probably flag, you know, in that particular game where it where it fell just at the start of the the Six Nations, so it was one of the first games where we were missing all our international boys. So just looking at the team from from that day from the from the Bath side, so missing Abano, Will Stewart, Charlie Yules, Sam Underhill, Toby Falatau, um, uh, Anthony Watson. Um, uh, Cameron Redpath so you know when you take those guys out that's really the spine of our team and those are the, the, the top quality highest paid guys in our um, in our squads and I think that that was a big reason for it the, the other reason I think was that you know we, we just weren't really equipped to deal with the way that you guys were playing you know the sort of heads up rugby playing from anywhere that the and, and counter-attacking that you guys were were doing just kind of took us took us took us by surprise, I think, in some some regards, and we weren't able to 
to deal with that. So, you know, that was a very painful night for from a Bath rugby fan. We will see a better performance and and more of a more of a contest. Hopefully, this 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 occasion because I think we've we've got some of those players back. And secondly, I think we we have started to make some some improvements throughout the season, Pete. I mean, since that time, Matt, I mean, which particular players, apart from some of the obvious ones that you might have mentioned, you know, have really improved or stepped up, do you think, and are playing consistently well at the moment? The one that's really come to light is Miles Reed. Um, recently, he's just become, you know, when you've got a backline that includes Underhill, Falatai, Mercer, um, Bayliss, and, you know, players like that, and then you've got Miles Reed, who's literally coming in and, you know, just tearing it up when he's on the pitch he's just a phenomenal force um you know he's really really emerging as first team even if he's you know off the bench or either way but he's you know he's cementing himself in there um Zach Mercer obviously he's just playing a different breed of rugby you know when you've got somebody who can keep uh Falatai at six rather than playing at eight you know that shows you the quality of Mercer and also the fact that the meters he's making ball in hand, the carries, the offloads, the tackles, he's just, you know, and it still hurts the fact that we know that he's going at the end of the season. Maybe that's made him play. Well, he's always, I mean, he's been an exceptional player for years, but he's just at the moment, he seems to be playing a different level. Yeah. And I think I'd I'd add add to that as well, Matt. Like if you look at our squads and you look at like sort of the average age of, of, of our Mm. squad pick, um, a few years ago, it was dominated by guys that were probably in the twilight of their career. Um, and, you know, Max Laheef, Dave Atwood, luckily we've been able to kind of offload those guys to get a pension <laughs> after the eight. Um, they played so badly, yeah. <laughs> yeah in, well, in, in fairness, I've had season have Atwood back in the flash. <laughs> um, but, but those guys that, that, that Matt mentioned, the other guy that I would I'd maybe um, highlight it for, for your listeners who, who maybe um, haven't seen too much of him is, is Will Muir. Who was the mm. the second of our sevens convert after after Rory McConaughey, and he's come in and 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 looked electric. Um, again, he's it's it's difficult to leave him out of the fifteen at the moment, which is saying something with some of the other options we've got. So there's definitely a lot of. I of, think of if you look players. at our, if you look at our wings, the two strongest wings at the moment are McConaughey and um, Muir. Mm. So you know these are two seven converts that. But, Basically, have taken on the wings, and they're keeping the likes of like Rocco, um, Joe uh, and Singer seems to get picked. But I still think that the other two boys are probably, if you were going to pick wingers, you would have McConaughey and um, Muir as the two starting ones. Which is good that Bath have identified using sevens players and using the pathway into rugby. I mean, let's think about the game then at the wreck. I mean, obviously, one of the contexts is that you're playing this weekend and Bristol having a rest. Um, so, you know, there's a little bit of uh, a bit of a factor there. Um, I mean, I'll come to you first, Tom. I mean, yeah, in all seriousness, I mean, I'm sure Stuart Hooper's, you know, had to think quite deeply about how he's going to approach the game. Um, obviously, you're playing at home. And I guess the last thing you want is to see Joe Joyce leading the Blackbird on the pitch again, uh, like last season. So, so Tom, I mean, what do you think the strategy is going to be to try and uh, to, uh, to negate the Bears? Yeah, I think, I think first of all, the selection will be interesting. And I think it will, it will depend quite a lot on the result on, on Saturday that, that we, we were just talking about. If we, if we come through that game, having just lost to Wasps and probably ended our hopes of, of getting top four this season... I think the focus will firmly shift towards that that final um, that will be on the 21st of May, so so two weeks after the the Bristol game. But we've got to play Sale um, in the in the week, uh, kind of between there as well. So it's 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 a lot of games, and I think if we if we are focusing on that final, you know, I, I think some of the key guys that have also played a lot of Six Nations rugby and prior to that the autumn's the autumn Nations Cup and are, are to be honest pretty knackered playing playing so much rugby week in week out. I think. There's a there's a chance that we see a you know a, a slightly weaker side. Beno Abano, who's been such a key player for us this season, and and maybe one of the players of the season for Bath, he's got a, a five week ban for the for the the head on head collision. So it's going to be interesting to see. I think if we put out the strongest possible sides, I think it will be I think it will be a good game. In terms of in terms of your question, how do we negate the the Bears? I think 
looking from the outside in, and I, I don't know, it'd be interesting to see if you agree with this. I think where you guys are so dangerous is where it kind of in what 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 the Bath coaches anyway kind of call in transition. So when the opposition, so Bath, for example, will cough up the ball or get turned over at the breakdown and the defence isn't structured, it's, it's kind of dog-legged or a bit narrow, you've got, you know, some of your guys, Pietal, Randranda, et cetera, will just play heads up, almost kind of super rugby style and just play from anywhere and just devastate defences who, let's be honest, premiership defences aren't used to playing against those kind of guys with, with, that, with those kind of styles of play. So I think the key will be the breakdown, not getting turned over in open play, not coughing up the ball and allowing you guys to, to counter-attack and almost try and make it into a bit of an ugly affair um, rather than letting you guys get the get, get the hands in those dangerous runners out wide. So that will be my tactics. But I think the the selection will probably dictate uh, to what extent we're able to we're able to pull that off. Yeah, I mean that's that's interesting. I mean, and what about you, Matt? I mean, I suppose Exeter obviously showed last week that if you do compete hard at the breakdown and uh, yeah. and disrupt. Bristol, then you know you can reap rewards. Obviously, extra top side, but I mean, what are your thoughts on on the game and how it? But, might I mean, you know, the, the thing is with with Bath is the forwards are you know we, we don't have an out and out jackler, which we lost when we lost Francois Lowe, um, which has been missing hugely. But we do have some very very powerful forwards. Um, we showed it, you know, going through the forwards is good for but for us, you know, it works. Um, make a lot of progression. But watching the Exeter game, they pressured you guys. Uh, constantly they were up in your face uh, rush all the time not letting you play not you know and every time the ball was passed there was a player directly on the receiver so they closed you out they pressured you and that forced you not to be able to play your style of rugby which is open and expansive um so Bordeaux very similar you know it's it's doing that homework and working out where to add the pressure, where not to add the pressure and, and things, you know, competing at the line out and the ruck as well. I mean, you guys were getting smashed back in the ruck. And whereas most teams, once the ball's there, nobody competes against it. There's, you know, nobody uh, does old school rucking. Whereas, you know, Exeter hit the ruck, realised that they could get somewhere and pushed you guys off and turned you over quite a few times doing it. Are you willing to put your a prediction down? Say maybe we're doing you guys a disservice as well. Like you guys are, you guys are flying high, like top of the league by eight points, um, and we we've been playing some pretty pretty bad rugby at times. So I think whatever team we put out, it's going to be a it's going to be a hard night with the form that you guys are in. I guess the only thing I would say is, you know, what are you guys eight points clear at the top and thirteen uh, eleven points clear of kind of that home home semi final. So. Is there a danger that you guys take your take your foot off the gas and 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 you know get a little bit kind of surprised, or do you think, Pete, that you know West Country Derby, there's 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 no chance that happens? It's a tricky one, isn't it? I mean, when with no fans there either, it, it, yeah. that, that's a factor. And and I think you're right. Yeah, you, 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 that, you said that Ashton Gate, aren't you? Yeah, <laughs> you said that. You got your you you got your brother to say that last time. And no, you can't you can't say the same gag twice. You know, you will see through that. Um, but no, I mean, uh, it's, um, well, yeah. But at least we've, we've uh, administered some vaccines at our stadium, which, you know, done something for the, for the nation. But um, sorry, I'm oh, sorry, my daughter's just walked in at the background and she put me off. <laughs> Go away. Anyway, yeah, no comment. All right, I'll leave it at no comment. No, I'll, 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 I'll make a comment. Oh, no. I reckon I reckon we'll 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 turn you over this good time. Good lad. Yeah, that's confident. <laughs> that's good. Right, look, boys, um, we're running out of time a little bit. So I'm gonna ask you one other question between you. Player that you recently signed, Danny Cipriani, um, probably won't be playing at the gate, may not play this season. But I'm just interested in both of you what your opinion is of uh, of Cipriani signing in terms of a replacement to, to Reese Priestland. So maybe uh, Tom, I'll come to you first, and then Matt, what you think? Yeah, I mean, very quickly, I've been a little bit skeptical about it to be honest. I mean, we've been in the market for a fly half. For, you know, Feels like eight years and years now, to be honest. Uh, Reese Priestland, we were told he was leaving. Then they couldn't find anyone, so we re-signed him. Freddie Burns left on pretty bad terms. So it's been, it hasn't been great. And there's been so many names thrown around: Andre Pollard, um, uh, etc. Who, who, who? You know, Aaron Cruden as well. And we Hooper's kept saying he's looking for this long-term replacement. And then we signed Cipriano on a one-year deal. And you know, Cipriani's clearly a class player, or was in his time. I would just question a whether he's still got it at, at Premiership level, and b 
is he kind of the best influence on on some squads that he's he's been in? What about you, Matt? What, what do you think? Yeah, pretty much the same boat. I think when he's on fire, he's amazing. And he might be that missing link that joins the forwards and the backs and everything marries up and it all becomes wonderful and all singing or dancing. Or it could be no. Um, he seems to have calmed down a little bit from being a complete tool that he has been in years gone by. Um, but at the end of the day, we all know that he's a bloody good rugby player. Um, and if he can be managed well, and if he can pass on some of his skills and knowledge, then albeit jury's very much out whether it will be good or bad, but we still don't know when we're actually going to see him. Well, I guess, uh, like we always say, time will tell. So uh, anyway, cheers, boys. I really appreciate your time. It's, uh, it's been really good talking to you. Well, Pete, good one there. It's, it, I think it was nice having the contrast between the the, the podcast and the, the 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 guy from Twitter, uh, Matt and Tom. Um, and uh, they could they couldn't help it, could they? There's just a couple of little digs there. The uh, Atwood and Lahif come to Bristol to uh, pick up their pension, and uh, sadly, uh, I, 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 the same joke that uh, one of their uh, colleagues used last time about us being used to playing in empty stadiums at Ashton Gate. But I thought really interesting what they had to say about uh, how Bath are playing at the moment. Yeah, I mean, to be fair, when you're on the ropes, you swing wildly, don't you, and hope something connects. And as I did point out, you know, in fact, it was his, his two brothers that do the podcast. So Tom and Gabriel. Gabriel was on last time and uh, Tom was on this time. And yeah, obviously, um, I did point that out to him that it's not funny the second time round. But yeah, they were really nice. And and Matt, who tweets as Bath Bites, he's, uh, he's a long-standing Bath tweeter. He's the guy that actually tweeted the... Uh, the fact that the Bristol Rugby had put those the season ticket posters up um, on the Upper Bristol Road in Bath, it was him that had, uh, had put that all out. So um, yeah, no, both both. I mean, both very knowledgeable about their club, uh, both very realistic, I think. And actually, I mean, they didn't really have anywhere to go, did they? <laughs> I mean, after <laughs> after shipping a, a points difference of forty five, you can't get too cocky. But made some quite interesting points about how Bath have, you know, come developed from that game because it was a pretty awful low point for them. I mean, I mean, I've always say this, is there anything lower than an idea? I don't think there is, but that was pretty close to it. And, uh, and pointed out some quite interesting uh, players that have played. And, and um, obviously we spoke before they had their semi-final against Montpellier and, and some of their discussion about the, about the bar, about the game against us would, would might have been determined by the outcome of that. Uh, if they did have a final, they may have more things to think about. But obviously, I don't know if you boys saw it last night, but Bath had an absolute shocker. Um, and we'll maybe talk about that in a minute. But um, yeah, so yeah, nice, nice chat. And, and, and I think the other interesting thing at the end was, was I asked them about you know their thoughts about Cipriani, and um, I think I think you listened to it as well, Tony. I think we both agreed that there wasn't a lot of excitement coming from them uh, about that signing. Um, not sure really when he's going to turn up. They haven't seen him, and I, and I noticed on social media that he just got married. Uh, Cipriani. So clearly, he's got a couple of things on his mind at the moment, hasn't he? So. <laughs> and uh, Miles, let me come to you just on that Cipriani point. Um, you know, the two lads, as you will have heard on the podcast, were less than enthusiastic, really. Um, what's your thoughts about Cipriani going to Bath? Is it an inspired short-term signing, or is it just someone there just going to turn up and take the the big paycheck? Uh, yeah, I mean, I, I think, you know, I, I think what's been proved in a few of his last signings, he does turn up and certainly does create a bit of magic, uh, which is what you want from a player like Cipriani. But I think once, you know, you, you can sort of get a sort of season down the line, I don't know, he's, something goes wrong. Uh, social media his social media goes through the roof, I don't know. And then he leaves the club and, <laughs> and then all those fans hate him. So... It, I can understand the lack of enthusiasm from the Bath boys. I think we'd probably agree as a collective that we would have uh, a lack of any enthusiasm if he came to Bristol. I think he's a bit of a wild card, but people do like to see him play. Um, he plays some exciting rugby. So actually, if we play him, I think it'd be great. But long term for Bath, I, I, I can understand. It's nothing to get wild about. <laughs> 
And I think that's the point they were making. They've been looking for a long-term fly half, if you like, uh, to really establish uh, at the club. And, um, you know, Cipriani on a one-year deal at whatever age he is doesn't seem to fit that remit of uh, bringing someone in that can maybe play for years to come. Um, well, let's let's talk about the game. Um, in the professional era, we've played Bath uh, 41 times. We've won 13, lost 27, drawn one. Uh, and of those 13 victories, only um, I think it is uh, three have uh, been at the wreck. Uh, but of course, one of those victories was last season when we won 13 points to 19. Uh, and Bristol fans, I'm sure, one of the favourite moments of last season uh, was Joycey conducting the Blackbird on the uh, the pitch at the wreck, which uh, uh, we all thoroughly, thoroughly enjoyed. Uh let me come to you then, Pete. Your your thoughts going into the game. Obviously, uh, it's it's a week away. Um, how, how confident are you that we can we can get a result there? I think I think very confident, Tony. As confident as you can be without predicting the future. Uh, I think I think the, the defeat to Montpellier on um, yeah last night was 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 tough they were they were they did not look happy after the game they realized that they, they didn't win a line out a proper line out for virtually the whole game they had to just recourse at the end to throwing it to the prop at number one which was easy for Montpellier defense so they got some serious set piece problems to deal with and actually their famed or their recently famed um red zone efficiency just didn't work either last night and and Montpellier you know, put up a very, very strong defence. They booted the ball at them a lot and just defended hard. And that's the one thing we know we can defend very, very hard. And I, I feel that they're a fragile team. And and as uh, I think Matt said in the, the chat, is that they're, they're, despite having a cast list of quite well-known players and, and potentially box office players, there just doesn't seem to be a connection between the forwards and backs, there doesn't appear to be a, a real kind of identity uh, to the to the club. And, and although they they've improved since the dismantling at the gate, um, I just think if we do the basics well, um, and and perhaps you know target a few players. I think target Spencer. He is obviously a a key player. But I mean, he did a lot of box kicking last night. And if and I, I just wonder whether. Uh, Pat will, will recognise that and, and maybe give Piatau a start just because he's so good under the high ball and, and maybe put a couple of our big back, really pack our back three out uh, and and just say to them, you know, kick to us and then we'll just run back at you and smash you. So I I think it, it will be a tough contest up front. I mean, they're not they're not a, they're no mugs up front. Um, Oh, they were when we played them, but they aren't at the moment. Although they have lost to Barno, haven't they? So I just think if we do the basics really, really well, I think it, time will just tell and we'll then, I think we'll, we'll run out relatively easy winners. Uh, and Miles, your, your thoughts and how, how do you think maybe the Bears will react to, uh, you know, that defeat against Exeter? Uh, we've had the extra week without a game. Um, how, how do you think that's going to play in to the equation for, for the game against Bath? And, you know, are, are you confident of victory or is, is, is the wreck somewhere where you never can go with too much confidence? Uh, yeah, I, I think a few years ago, I would have agreed it's a, it was a tough place to go and win. Um, you know, as we know, the, the, the playing surface uh, is pretty poor still. Um, and it doesn't really suit all of our wide, expansive running game. It's, a, you know, quite a narrow pitch. But I think we've had a couple of weeks off in training. You know, we found that when we got knocked out of Europe, that breathing space did us really well when we went up to Newcastle. Uh, and I think the same, really. Um, the there is a chance we'll have even more players back from injury. I mean, we'll perhaps come on to speculate about that. In the, um, but I think now moving forward, going to Bath, yeah, I, I'm pretty comfortable in you know predicting a fairly straightforward win. We'll play our game. We'll defend really, really well because we know that Bath are attacking side, and I, I think it'll be hopefully a fairly straightforward one. 
Yeah, I just thinking up front. One of the things that came from the Montpellier game is that they don't really have a, a jackler at all in their side, and they were undone at the breakdown last night a lot. And I think if we've got Dan Thomas in the side, he really gets amongst them and, and turns over the ball. And, and um, I think that's an area that we could really uh, dominate as well. And, and then get, like anything, if we get front football, or if, as as Tom, I think, said, that we were, you know, we are lethal from kind of broken play. So turnover play, when they're not really set, I mean, their defence, they still don't have a defence coach. So if we can catch them when they're not really in any sort of structure, which they may not be anyway. I think, I just think there's a couple of key areas it would be Pat may look at that he knows that target the breakdown and, and win the win turnovers, expect quite a lot of kicking, but be ready to counterattack with from space. Um, and I mean, to be honest, I said Piertel, didn't I? But I mean, you could have Max Malins as well. I mean, either of those two. Um, so I just, I mean, it's, I, I hesitate to say this because you know, rugby's a fun. You know, we focus a funny game. <laughs> Everything's a funny game, but we don't quite know what will happen. And the wreck, the pitch is looking all right, isn't it? But it was starting to. It's starting to look quite muddy in the corners. And um, so, yeah, it, I just feel that there's. We, they, I just can't see how they're going to beat us. Well, that's interesting. You say about the uh, the pitch, uh, the the northeast Somerset Everglades, uh, because because we have got some heavy rain. I think coming in uh, this week. Um, certainly, Bank Holiday Monday looks like it's going to be a, a, a bit of a washout, and uh, you know that 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 doesn't uh, help the the kind of Bristol running game. And it was interesting. One of the stats that stood out for me when I was uh, checking online uh, around uh, Bath and Bristol's respective performances this season. Uh, Bristol, we top the metres made for the league with 8,406 metres in 17 games. Uh, Bath have made 5,346, so 3,000 metres less than us across uh, 17 games. So uh, I think that really does show that, you know, if we can get that expansive running game, if we can get the broken play going uh you know as as we demonstrated at the gate it, it really could be it really could be a good day for us uh well let's let's look at the uh teams then or the team selection i'm going to come to miles first uh and what we're going to do we're going to do things slightly differently um i going to get your views on who you think should start uh on each position uh so i'm going to start miles uh with you and uh who you think will start in the front row obviously we can talk about people that we think might be back from injury but the what you think is the most realistic starting uh front three uh so I think I think as I said, injuries aside, I think the people who we know played against Exeter and are likely to start. Um, I mean, I think starting, I you know, Afoa, Ben Burn, Brian Burn, Brian Burn. <laughs> I always got, say that. Right, scrap that, scrap that. <laughs> Brian, did you, no, keep you know he's got a Y? Did you know he's got a Y in his first yeah. name and his, yeah. his, his, his last name? We keep name. calling him Double Y. Yeah, lots yeah. of times, and that was because he had a Y in his first name. One of his middle names, Benjamin, ben, Brian, Benjamin. No, Brian, let's just move on. Move on. Move on. We know who you meant. Right. <laughs> move in. Burn in the centre. I think we just call him. What, in the centre? Oh, he's okay. <laughs> In the centre of the front row, you know. Uh, oh, on the other side, I don't know. It's, it's tricky, really. I mean, you know, Walmore hasn't had a many starts, has he, in the sort of last couple of matches. So why not, really? Um, maybe give Jakey a start and see how he performs. Well, before I come to you, Pete, my my thoughts were Jan Thomas, uh, Brian Byrne and Carl Sinclair to, to start. Uh, what do you think? I, I had Woolmore, Burn, Sinclair. Actually, I thought Woolmore um, would would be let's start a loose head for a change. And I thought, I just I just feel with Sinclair, Sinclair's a bit like Nathan Hughes. If you you just need games, I think if you could, he needs momentum, and he's, he's so yeah. So I went Woolmore, Burn, and then you know we don't know whether Thacker will be maybe fit again. I was trying to look up whether if there was any hint on that, but we know he's relatively close. But I think Burn will probably be the safe option. 
Yeah, and I, I think if Thacker is ready to go, I can see him starting on the bench. I, I don't think you'd necessarily throw him into uh, a big local derby uh, away for his first game back. Uh, Pete, then to you, uh, who, who starts at lock for you? Well, I've got Atwood down. Um, I just think that because of the two-week break... Uh, I think Atwood would be a starter, I think, for many levels. And I've gone with Joycey to start, partly because I thought he played very, very well when he came on against um, uh, Exeter. And it's that kind of local derby, you know, that did momentum from last year. And, and I think he's been playing so well that I think uh, I think, I, I think maybe Joyce and maybe Vui for once might get a rest on the bench, uh, may start on the bench. That's my thoughts. So that the Atwood uh, Joyce, the Bristol Axis. The Bristol Axis. Miles, mm-hmm. do you agree with that or not? Do you uh, think... Well, yeah, I think, you know, ordinarily we'd think Vui would start, but I agree. I think a local derby, I think it'd be brilliant to see Big Dave and Joycey there and... Yeah, for once, just, you know, very on the bench. So I, I agree with I, Pete. Um, I think also it goes two. back to what we talked about last week in, in terms of we're almost at the luxurious place of rotating and resting mm. a few players. And I think Vui need, you know, needs to be, he's the big player for the big games towards maybe the end of the season. And, and perhaps this is one where Pat might look at it and say, you know, he can he can take a break on this one. We've got enough cover. Um, and... Uh, um, so yeah, that's just my thinking. It isn't, even though it's a local derby, it's not probably the hardest game we're going to be playing in the next few weeks. And we've got excellent cover, as in Joycey, and the added dimension of of it being a derby, ironically. So, just a thought. Who knows? Mm. Yeah, I, I I put down Atwood and Vui. I I just I can see very much that Joyce could get that start. Um, but I just think this is a game now after the break uh, and after the defeat against Exeter that uh, will be really important for us to win. So uh, I, I, I can see uh, Vui starting. Um, now, uh, back three, I, I had Dan uh, Luatoa, Dan Thomas and Nathan Hughes. Uh, Miles, let me come to you. Uh, what, what do you think of those three or... Is, is there someone else you think might start? No, I think Dan Thomas and Luratua are, are a given. I mean, Big Steve's come out from injury. He, he fantastically managed the entire game against Chiefs, which was brutal uh, and proves he was fit. Um, we, we don't quite know about Nathan Hughes. I mean, surely <laughs> he's not far off coming back. And I feel like even if we can get 40 minutes out of him, it's a potentially going to be a bit of a, a boggy pitch by uh, Saturday. And I'd love to see Big Nathan play. Um, and he's had a quite a few matches off. So I agree, Dan, Thomas, Hughes and Lua Tua for me. Uh, and you, Pete? Well, you see, I've gone Earl, number eight. Um, oh. just, for, just because I think, I'm just looking at, they've got Zach Mercer at number eight, and, I, and who's a fast, nippy uh, ball, you know, ball, well, he's very fast. And I just think Ben Earl will counter him to start with. And I would perhaps ease Hughes off the bench for once and maybe in the second half when it you know when there's some tired legs out there um just just the thought I just think again it's the same thing with, that you said with um uh with Thacker you know if he, he's been unfit would you throw him straight in I, I just think almost like it's keep I'm sure Hughes would want to start but just keeping him back like a cage beast let Earl match go head to head with Mercer and they're similar sort of players and then bring 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 the Hughesy on in the second half. I totally agree with you with Thomas. I think I'd rather have Thomas and Earl playing, to be honest. I think that would be quite dynamic. And and I just think, as I said before, I just feel that, that they could be vulnerable at the breakdown with a proper open side flanker like Thomas just causing mayhem. So so my, my little possibility there, slightly different, would be Thomas Lewitua and Earl, number eight. Yeah, yeah. And and certainly if you had Earl and uh, Thomas in the same team, you've got two jacklers there that can, can get over the ball and get, mm. get turnover. Uh, well, nine and ten, um, uh, I'm looking at Andy Urin and probably Callum Sheedy mm. if he's fit. Uh, Miles, your thoughts on that? Yeah, I mean, I'm going to put a number nine. As you know, a fan's favourite and my favourite player is Andy Oren, who has some solid performances at, at last. <laughs> and, uh, I, I, I agree. If um, if Sheedy's fit, uh, yeah, play Callum Sheedy. If not, then 
you know, I think Malin's did a fantastic job as, as backup for him. So Malins. Sheedy number one. Yeah, Max Malins, yeah. Malins. Uh, he Malins, like, Malins. He doesn't like me called Malins, I heard. Does he not? No, it's Malins. Okay. Yeah. Max. Max. Callum or Max? Do you, think, do you think, actually, he was the right person to go at 10? Wouldn't Lloyd necessarily be the... The, the step in at 10 uh, I, I mean I know he played against Exeter he he, he had a great defensive game Malins and we pointed out that he made 26 tackles didn't he and only missed one but 21 21 tackles and only missed one um, but he didn't quite set the, the touch like touch blue touch paper like he did against Falcons and maybe because he didn't have quite as much space as uh, I mean, Exeter denied him space, but if he, but then again, Bath might give him that space. I mean, he's such a box office player, isn't he? It's it's a hard. I think that's a real tough one. If Sheedy's not fit, because because again, Lloyd came on in the second half against Exeter and looked looked good, but it's always a bit easier to look good when you, you're coming on. I don't know. So I think it's not a given. It's Malins. I mean, he, you know, either Lloyd or Malins, because either of those two on the bench are therefore then going to cover both ten and fifteen if necessary. So it would be an interesting one that. Okay, uh, Miles. Let me come to you. Uh, who, who do you think will play at the centre in the centre twelve and thirteen? Uh, I guess we, we, uh, injuries are not. You know, it's, it's not exactly sure who's gonna, who's fit at the moment. Um, I think Piers O'Connor. I think um, in the centre. You, I don't know. I mean, we don't quite know where we are with Semi, do we, at the moment? But if he's nearly fit, I mean, could he get half a game in? I mean, ideally, uh, Semi and O'Connor, but uh, it, it's a bit hard to speculate, really, until we sort of see the injury list on Friday. Uh, Pete, your thoughts? What about Siali? Because um, he played one game and then was we're not sure whether it was a rest, whether he is kind of getting to the end of his natural... <laughs> I mean, it, like rugby shelf life, and I wonder whether he's such a good player. He's such he's he's such a genuine inside centre, a, a kind of link player for us. That I wonder whether Pat is really, really trying to keep him under wraps for for when he really need him. So, if that was the case, if Piazzi wasn't available, I, I guess it would be Piers O'Connor inside centre, and I'd like to think Sammy again. I, I'm assuming. I mean, it, I mean, Pat came out and said, you know, we had to we. He's going to have this minor operation so that he, uh, you know, doesn't have a long-term injury. And since he's had that, he, he's come back once, and then he's been injured again. So I, I, I don't, I know it was a different. I think it wasn't. A, it's not his knee, is it? It was an ankle, and maybe just a niggle. But um, I'd like to think. I, I think psychologically, Bath would not be happy if they saw or something. Jonathan Joseph would start having like start having the sweats the night before, and especially if people were like tweeting him little video clips of. Well, I'm sure they wouldn't actually. Uh, but but if he somehow managed to see all that, that video clip of when Semi sort of ran past him from uh, from inside his twenty two, so I'd, I'd like to think from a psychological view, Semi would like to would play a part somewhere. Yeah, I I, I put down Siali uh, and Semi, um, like and that, that seems seems really mm. harsh on, on Piers, but um, I, I I think that is the kind of. Uh, the balance at centre, you know, a strong inside centre, defensively astute with the the flair player at thirteen. Um, Pete, let me come to you then. Uh, who do you see in uh, the back three, the two wings and fullback? Well, based on what I said earlier, I think we're going to go heavy on back three, and and in terms of big unitary that are good at in the air and then can counter-attack hard. Now, when you think that the only caveat is that based on what the Bath boys said and that they're kind of, at least one of their wingers might be Muir or McConaughey who are quite nippy sevens players. But I think, I don't think we worry about who they've got on the wing. I think they would worry more if they saw Seaver back and if they saw Purdy back on the wing. I, I like the idea to start at least with a, a Purdy, Piertau, Nualago back three to really just say to Bath, boys, you might have improved a little bit, but we have got some serious firepower and we're not going to let you have any kind of court. We're not going to let you have any quarter at all. And then if you've got Luke on the bench, I mean, Morahan's played brilliantly, we know, but I just quite like the idea of starting with a statement of those three and uh, and see how we go. Because we know that Spencer will box kick them. 
so they're mm. solid. Well, I, I, I've looked at Nualagu, uh, Morahan, and Piatau for my three. Miles, what, what are your thoughts? Um, yeah, I mean, it, it depends who's fit. I mean, ideally, yeah, you know, I'd love to turn up with Purdy on one wing, Siva and Charles. But um, if, if one's not quite fit, then, yeah, you know, uh, we've, we've got Morahan as backup, but ideally the big boys for this big match. I, I, th- I think what's nice, you know, we're coming into the business end of the season, five league games to go. Uh, you know, we've got that eight-point lead at the, the the top. We go into this game top on 66 points. Bath, uh, seventh in the league on 41 points. So they'll, they'll be scrapping to try and get Champions Cup again uh, for, for next season. But, you know, virtually all those positions now, we, we have uh, really, really good options. Uh, we've got people coming back uh, and it's giving Pat Lamb plenty to choose from. And I think what, what we know, uh, you know, how close we are with our predictions, um, you know, I think all those names mentioned will pretty much be in the 23. It's just how many will start. Um, and, uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, if we can see the likes of Thacker back, if we can see the likes of Ran Randra back, um, Harry Randall's one. I'm not quite sure we'll we'll see Harry. Um, I think he that shoulder injury. Um, they looked at it to see whether it needed surgery, uh, and then said no, no, it didn't. But I just wonder if he'll be nurtured back towards the the kind of playoff end of the season. Um, can, can I come to you? Uh, he asked the same question to Miles as well. If if we win this game, we've then got uh, Gloucester at home, Sale away, Leicester away, Irish at home. Do you think Pat will then be tempted to do a little bit of rotation just to, you know, if anybody's got a niggle, you know, they won't play. Uh, and just to make sure we haven't got our best 15, if you like, going flat out for five games because we we will have that cushion. Yeah, 100%. I think if, if he's convinced that semi-final, home semi-final is in the bag, then I think you're right. I think it would... I think he's even hinted at that. He's kind of said, you know, even if there's a little niggle, we've now got the luxury of playing players. So I, I, I would... I, I think it is an important game to win this. Like you said earlier on is that coming off a loss you always want to win again but also if we could get another bonus point win I mean it's it's crazy that we kind of just say it like that don't we oh just another bonus point win um but that would really nail I think pretty much mathematically nail a semi-final a home semi-final uh and then I think you're right I think then it becomes a uh it comes a rotation uh thing and, and anybody that's just got any niggle is out uh and and we come in so I think you're right I think 100 but then it then clearly makes this game quite important. Uh, absolutely. And, and Miles, your thoughts? Um, you know, do we try and bag the wings against Bath and Gloucester and then potentially, uh, you know, the games at Leicester and Irish, um, you know, gives Pat that leeway to to rest people or try try people as well to, to bring in some people and, and maybe give the likes of Fitzharding uh, uh, some more game time to... Uh, you know, try and get get him up to uh, peak uh, performance before we hit the playoffs. Uh, yeah, I, I think that will happen. I mean, it's you know, imagine we wouldn't be talking about this a few years ago, would we? The fact that we are guaranteed after a couple of games first or second spot, and we got the luxury, like Chiefs did last year, of resting players. I mean, this is an amazing position to be in. I'm so proud of the club. But I, you think I think you're right, boys. I think we'll go hard against Bath try and get the bonus point win. Um, Gloucester's a tough one because there's going to be some fans there. Uh, we're definitely going to want to get the win and smash Bath in the Rifles Cup. But then you're right. We, we've not had... We, Gloucester in the Rifles Cup. We've not, had easy, we've not had easy pickings at sale away in the past, have we? Uh, and either at Leicester, to be quite frank with you. So those could be the games where we rest a few of the players and then the last game of the season... I hope it's not a bit of a dead rubber, to be honest with you, the Irish game, but we could find that you're right, that we're just trialling out a few academy players and keeping everyone fit for the semi-final. But 
you know that that's the the, that's the, the job of the director of rugby. I'd, 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 like, to see, uh, I'd like to see George Kloska appear again <laughs> at least once this season, wouldn't you? I thought you know after that man of the match performance when he did yeah, a job when good. he came in when we had our COVID crisis in the front row, and just this his ruddy face and his. He's, he was like an exuberant, well, I wouldn't say a puppy. He was more like a huge sort of Doberman, wasn't he, around the park? I just think Pat may also think that because there's been so little other action that one or two of these these players that have, you know, basically not played anything, have they? Not played for dings, they've not played for anyone like that. And it might be an opportunity to give one or two of them just that little taste again of, of what it's like. But... Um, and Kloska is obviously one that has shown that he is up to it uh, when when he was asked. So, well, I, I could certainly see that Leicester away game being one of those games yeah. where you know we 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 blood some people. Well, at the moment we're top on sixty six, so we're um, eight eight points clear of Exeter in second, eleven clear of Sale in third, uh, and twelve clear of Quinns in fourth and then you've got Northampton Saints who uh, have 50 points in fifth so we're 16 points clear of them so yeah one or two, a couple of wins against uh, Bath and Gloucester uh, pretty much guarantees the playoffs and you would think will guarantee a top two finish as well because I think uh, around 21 is going to be fascinating because you've got Sale versus Harlequins uh, and Northampton versus Exeter as well uh, and I think the final game of the season, round 22, uh, you've got Exeter versus Sale, um, which uh, could could be some, uh, you know, could be could be fireworks there. Um, and you know, possibly Exeter aren't going to have the luxury of resting uh, players like they have been able to. Uh, certainly, they did at the end of of last season. Uh, well, let's go for some predictions then. Let's uh, let's call it as we see it. Uh, I'm going to come to you first. Pete, um, what's your score prediction? Well, I mean, I don't think we're going to get a 45-point differential again, are we? I'm thinking more 55. Uh, <laughs> no, <laughs> uh, no, I think it's going to be a little bit closer. I think they tightened up a bit, a bit despite what we said. I think we, we, I, I think we'd target a, a bonus point, though. I do think we'd be disappointed given what we've seen. So I'm going to say... Um, uh, I think we could get it could be 35-15 a Bristol win 35-15 yes. uh, Miles what prediction are you going for? I, I'm going to predict a bonus point uh, not too far off I'm going to go for a four try so 28-14 to the Bears 28-14. Uh, right, I am going to go for a 24 points to 12 win. Um, and actually, I think it's only fair as uh, I think Lee has stood in for you for predictions <laughs> while you haven't been on the pod. Uh, would, would you like to give us Lee's official, official prediction for, uh, for this game? Absolutely. We've been chatting a lot about this week and he's insisted on me predicting for him and I've waited years for this. So I'm going to predict uh, a loss for Bristol, 3-0 to Bath. (laughs) 3-0 to Bath. Well, Lee, I'm ashamed of you, fella, that that we're going to get get shut out. You're listening to Bears Beyond the Gate, a Bristol Bears podcast made by fans for fans. We're available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Podbean, Buzzsprout and many more platforms. You can contact us with your comments and ideas by email at bearsbeyondthegate at gmail.com. On Twitter, we're Bears Beyond Gate. And on Facebook, you can like and follow our Bears Beyond the Gate page. Uh well, chaps, we touched on this last week, um, the fact that uh, the game against Gloucester has been moved from the 15th of May to Monday, the 17th of May. Um, and we now know, because Mark Kelly was on the scrum with Jeff Twentyman uh, last week, that there will be 3,000 tickets available for this game. So let, let me come to you first, Pete, your, your thoughts on the 3,000 number and uh, potentially... How, how they might be allocated. Well, just following on from last week, I'm sure many, many listeners will be pleased to know that I don't have a parents' evening that night. 
so and I've checked with the, the diary, the school diary. There's nothing going on. So I'm, I'm at least available for selection for this 3,000. Um, I don't know. I, I, I suspect it will just be done like uh, we did the Newcastle one before Christmas, the New Year's Day one. I think it will be a case of a, uh, a log on time and you go on and you, you have to be a season ticket holder and you just get in that little queue with that little man walking towards the uh, the end and if you if you've got on there quick enough and you press the right buttons and it's not run by the French World Cup server then uh, you're probably going to get in so i think that would be the fairest way wouldn't it um I, I, I think so. I, I can see that. And Miles, one thing we, we also knew uh, or have learnt from uh, that interview on the Scrum, that uh, the South Stand will definitely be closed. That area is still being used as the vaccination centre. So uh, Kelly did kind of intimate that the, the tickets would be available in the Dolman, Lansdowne, Upper and Lower and uh, the Atio. Now, I don't, I don't know if he was saying they will definitely be using those stands or just that those stands would be available because 3,000 spread out across those three stands to you does that, that that's super social distancing isn't it <laughs> absolutely I think even the most nervous of uh, a person who is afraid of COVID would would feel would feel quite upbeat about social distancing if we were spread across three stands yeah maybe it was, I, I, I not quite understood that one really it means stewarding yet another stand doesn't it which seems a bit odd so i think the dolman uh, and the lands down would be great and they're big stands aren't they you could go right up to the rafters um and easily social distance with three thousand fans there and, and i think it'd be great i agree with pete it, for, for, it, for, i think for us three lee had a bit of trouble last time doesn't he but it was a fairly straightforward process we got in the queue we were all lucky enough to get tickets um it's it's possibly 500 more oh. than the Newcastle game. Oh, I'm also uh, thinking, so, yeah. I'm thinking, Tony, I mean, you as, as kind of supremo of the Bears Beyond the Gate pod, I mean, surely you're going to be in the in the media centre, aren't you? Have um, <laughs> uh, you not got the letter yet? <laughs> well, you know, I, I, I turned that down so I could sit with my, with the, my fellow with podcasters yeah. and, yeah, get, get, like get the full this. experience, well you know. <laughs> All, all, all those rowdies that usually sit in the south stand, can you imagine them them being in the lands down, you know? You need to, uh, they need to be a little bit of crowd control, doesn't there? A bit of etiquette. Oh, yeah. uh, etiquette well, at instruction. Least, Pete, at least any, any sort of student types won't be able oh. to hit you with a beer this time, oh, will thank they? Thank goodness for that, yeah. At least it's not <laughs> a Friday too- night. With, they're not, as long <laughs> as the tickets aren't a tenner, then we should be all right. Well, they won't be, yeah. Uh, two two things I, I, I'm worried about. The first is just making sure I get a ticket because uh, I'd be absolutely gutted if, well, if any of us didn't uh, manage to get a ticket. We've waited, you know, since March last year for this. Uh, but the, the other slight concern, I know you haven't got a parents' evening, um, but like me, um, uh, just, well, like all of us, really, um, <laughs> going go to work the following day, having been so giddy with excitement that you've watched uh, the Bears play live in front of a, a crowd with maybe the odd beer or, or cider or two. So uh, I, th- I think that's going to be uh, the, the other thing, to uh, self-control, especially if we do retain the Rifles Cup again. Yeah. I hope Lee hasn't got a really big important job the next day. <laughs> <laughs> I've, I've changed my shift. I'm sorted. So a little lie in the next one. I'm checking my timetable now. I think I've got yeah. year seven followed by year eight. Then I've got year thirteen, and then I've got year year ten again. It's going to be a nightmare. Well, we, we we haven't we haven't been used to sort of these al fresco drinking sessions for a year, boys. So. It, we could get a bit giddy yeah. with excitement. Yeah. That's assuming they do sell beer, yeah, but I assume they will want to try and maximise as much uh, revenue out of the uh, the night as they can. Yeah, absolutely. I, I mean, we should tell the listeners as well that, I mean, the four of us got together, what was that, a week and a half ago? Um, I think that's the first time we, we've actually met up physically for a beer um, uh, since October. So uh, we, we were there all wrapped up in the uh, tobacco factory car park to, uh, what was it, about 10 o'clock mm. uh, in, in the cold. But uh, it, it, it was amazing just to to get together 
uh, and just talk rugby. We talked about the podcast and just what's going on in life in general. But uh, yeah, to 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 be able to do that and watch rugby will will be phenomenal. So uh, it'll it'll be fascinating to see how how that goes. And the 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 other thing that Kelly did intimate was that for the next game that's against London Irish, potentially the capacity will be up to six thousand uh, for that game. So hopefully that would mean that. Uh, Virtually all season ticket holders, because I think we we were around six to seven thousand. Uh, if they if they want to attend, uh, would be able to get a ticket. So, uh, if you're a podcast listener, um, when the details come out around the Gloucester game, uh, good luck in uh, in getting a ticket, and uh, hopefully we'll see many of you in the the concourse uh, for that game. Uh, let's move on then. Uh, one thing I uh, just wanted to, we, we've already mentioned it, obviously this weekend all uh, clubs across football, rugby, most major sports have had the social media uh, blackout. Um, we, we've we done that with our Twitter account. So uh, as I say, the podcast will be published on Monday as normal, but not promoted until Tuesday. Uh, Pete, let me come to you. A couple of an announcement, well, an announcement and a confirmation this week, if maybe I I go to you for the announcement, and that is that uh, Alapati Leua has signed a contract extension. Um, Your your thoughts on that? I think that's, it's good business. Um, I think he's proven this season that now he's going to be seen as a, as Miles might say, a solid utility player along the back um you know we know he's fully committed he's he's powerful um and as as pat quoted i think in the news article said that it's his ability to use his skills and experience to create space and opportunity for other teammates which is invaluable which kind of cast my mind back to that break that he made earlier in the season when he seemed like he was uh, he was running on treacle for a little bit. So I think what he really likes the fact that it's not so much about his pace anymore, it's about his ability to, to bring others into the game. And yeah, what a great servant he's been. I think that's great news for the club. And I'm sure he's a, a decent guy around the, the camp as well. Yeah, uh, and uh, that Exeter game, I think it, this this all came from the BT commentators saying that Lua Toa uh, was out of contract at the end of this season, got a few people worried, but uh, Big Steve, Captain Fantastic, took to uh, Twitter last week to say, uh, don't worry, guys, um, I am around for another couple of seasons yet. So uh, Big Steve is with us to the conclusion, at least, of the uh, 22-23 season. Your, your thoughts on that, uh, Miles? Oh, that's fantastic. I mean, you know, it's slightly annoying that those pundits really put that put that tiny little moment of doubt in our in our heads, really. And it probably got us all all Bears fans, desperately searching through every bit of social media over the last two years to try and find out if he'd actually uh, penned an extension. And I don't think anyone really had the answer. So it was just a fantastic event this week to sort of put a little smile on Twitter, wasn't it, something saying, you're stuck with me for the next two years. And what a player to be stuck with. I mean, he's he's fantastic, such a great leader, such an inspiration, a fan's favourite, and I look forward to seeing him play out of his skin for the next few years. Yeah, I think I think there's been a lot of confusion, isn't there? That uh, we went into this season, I think, what was it, 31, 33 players mm. uh, kind of said that they'd signed contract extensions, and but nobody was really sure what that meant. The club have never given any details of uh, exactly who was signing what. And even the Leua one, it, it's not really clear, I don't think, yeah. uh, uh, whether whether that's a year extension, um, uh, I, I'm kind of assuming that that it is. Yeah. Um, but but still, there is a bit of mystery around some of our players and actually how long they are contracted to the club. So it would be nice if at some point we do do get a bit of clarity around that. Um, that's nearly it for this week. Um, although Miles, I understand uh, you had a bit of credit left on your uh, on your membership card to to be used at the shop, and you 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 took your young lad down there for a, a bit of a shopping spree. How, how was the shop looking last week? Uh, well, 
desolate, to be quite honest with you. Um, yeah, popped down there yesterday morning on the way back from my son's football lesson. So uh, I, was, I was quite pleased to see the door open, really. And I thought, you know, by the end of April, I had some credit to use. I'd been emailed by the club and uh, pre-ordered and went to click and collect. And I was really looking forward to it, really looking forward to collecting some decent bit of clothing or something. But alas, I only had four pounds of credit, boys, and <laughs> the shirt was beyond my reach. So I just got a couple of car stickers. <laughs> so uh, I, 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 you know, <laughs> I, I, I sidestepped the tumbleweed down the shop. Only me in there and my son. And not much stock, to be honest with you. But my boy is more interested in trying on some of the hats. And to be fair, I think they fitted him because we always commented how, how small they were, weren't you? But, yeah, a nice change to go down there, getting back to normality, and I'm two car stickers the better off. So happy fan. It does feel like it's the sort of place that troubled people go to to to, <laughs> to sort of com- contemplate the nature of their existence because it's it kind of fits into the narrative. Um, I, there was a few people on Twitter or Facebook had said they'd gone down and – you know, and with a heavy heart, and uh, and and it and it had come to fruition, and they were they they felt worse afterwards. It's a kind of if you're on a if you're on a spiral of self destruction, it seems like going down to the shop is the place to be at the moment. Um, so uh, maybe it's time that they just shut it up for the season and let's just reboot in the summer. And uh, when when everyone's a bit more optimistic about merchandising. I, I, I know we've said this for the for the last two seasons, but surely not next year's got to be better. Uh, surely it, it, it's got to be better. Um, well, that's it for for this week. Um, uh, if you like uh, what you've heard, please leave a review or rating for us on your podcast podcast <laughs> podcast platform, um, and uh, also click on subscribe to make sure you get uh, to know. Uh, first when the new episodes are out Uh, we'll be back next week with our review of the bath game and a look forward to the match against gloucester until then goodbye stay safe and come on briz